Let's celebrate life with a little bubbly. Welcome to Bubbles of Wisdom podcast. I'm Maggie, a law librarian with strong family values and a small business owner who offers a lodging alternative to hotels. My superpower is connecting people to resources. And I'm Danny, an entrepreneur, portrait photographer who happily captures the wonders of all my subjects. I'm an optimist who believes that the cup is always half full. The goal of this show is to inform and entertain you, the woman over 50. You are comfortable with who you are and excited about the future. Our mission is to celebrate your challenges and triumphs with a glass of bubbly. At every show, we will introduce you to a new sparkling wine, Prosecco, or champagne from various regions of the world. So sit back, relax, let's have some fun as we embrace life. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Bubbles of Wisdom podcast. Today, we are super excited to have with us Dr. Solange Vivens. This woman is amazing. She's a visionary business leader. She's been in the forefront of healthcare entrepreneurship for over 40 years. After reaching the pinnacle of success in healthcare administration, Dr. Vivens has decided to venture in a new direction with the formation of Vivens Media Group. It's a multimedia company which generates highly entertaining content through books, short films, podcasts, and feature films. Dr. Vivens earned her bachelor's degree in nursing from Long Island University, progressing to a master's degree in health services administration from Georgetown University. She received her doctoral degree in human letters from Voorhees College in Denmark, South Carolina, in May of 2004. She has a passion for mentoring. Welcome, Dr. Vivens. Well, thank you, ladies. It's a pleasure to be with both of you. Before I start saying anything else, you failed to ask me where I am from. Yes, and, yes we did. <laughs> we did. <laughs> and I think, especially now, it is important that I tell you that I am from Haiti and knowing what's going on on the island currently, I don't have family specifically in the departments in the section of the island where the earthquake happened, but they are my brothers and sisters and I feel their pain and I'm asking everyone to pray for them because right now, we need everything, but prayer is very important. So that's about where I'm from. And you all mentioned VMT. So let me tell you a little bit about that company. I was a nurse and I was working for others. I got my license to become a nursing home administrator. And I managed a nursing home that was really in trouble, took it over and turned that nursing home into a very high quality nursing home. I left there and I went to work for a management company that was managing a nursing home that belonged to the government. And when I went there, the federal government had given them 90 days to close. That's how bad things were. And I went there and took it over, worked for the company, the management company, I did so well 
that in six months, my picture was on the cover of a magazine called Senior Beacon for having turned the facility around. The management company came, they gave me $25,000 raise, and they told me that they will no longer bid on the contract and that they felt that I should really form a management company of my own to manage it. And I was at a point where I was tired of making money for others. And it was about time that I made money for me. That's yes. right. That's right. <laughs> but I also knew that the government was not going to give me a multi-million dollar company. It was a fresh, young management company, quote and unquote, no experience, even though I have been doing the work and I have turned the facility around for them. Right, exactly. You have the experience. Right, but I did it under another company has many more years of experience. So I found two men, that were two white men, and they were the nicest people that I've worked with. They formed the company with me. And that's how we form Vital Management Team. That's what VMT stands for. And we managed that nursing home. And believe it or not, we bid on the contract. And the government gave us an $11 million contract. That was our very first one. That is awesome. That's no easy task. It was great. So we managed it. We ended up managing that facility for 25 years. Wow, that is amazing. That's wonderful. And so you bring something to mind. So you wrote an article because you were clearly successful. Of course. And you wrote a magazine I know, and exactly. then suddenly she here's 25,000. Yes. yes. <laughs> Multi-million Six dollar months. contracts. That <laughs> is the definition of success. And so you wrote this article entitled Being Successful is a Choice. Oh, I love that title. We I love sh- it. We were yes, talking about yes. that. And so in this article, actually, you can share with us, what is your definition of success? Well, my definition of success is preparation plus opportunity plus luck. Luck. Don't ever forget luck. Well, I'm very lucky I got up this morning. I went to bed last night and I woke up this morning. So I'm a lucky person. Some people say they are blessed. Some people say they have God favors, whatever you call it. But always remember that luck is very important. In my book, I wrote the 25 rules of female entrepreneurship. Luck is number one. It's very important. So a lot of us, especially women, you hear people say, I'm not lucky. I never win anything. But you're lucky. You woke up this morning, for goodness sake. That is true. Mm -hmm. You know what? You brought it down to a fundamental basic. And I never think of waking up as luck. But you're right. That we're still alive is a lucky thing. We don't know. We don't know what's next. So, Do you know how many people went to bed in Haiti and didn't wake up because of the earthquake? So when you go to bed, when you go to sleep, you don't know if you're going to wake up. So gratitude is very important. I'm glad you said that because one of the things they talk about all of these affirmations, I started doing those gratitude affirmations before I knew what a gratitude yes, yes. affirmation was. Being thankful was. for what Being you have. Being thankful for what I have. Yes. Absolutely. And God multiplies. But I want to say something as we are talking about being thankful for what you have. One thing that I have to mention is the fact that you do have helped. 
you are a health professional, but you do have health. What do you do to keep yourself vibrant and healthy? What is your health routine? I love me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am in love with me. And if you love something, what do you do? You take care, you take care of, of it. Yes. Thank you. So the first thing you have to do is to love yourself. You cannot love others if you don't love you. So look in the mirror every day and go, yes, I love this woman that I'm looking at in the mirror. I love, I love that. I never do that, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that will be part of the routine. I now. think so too. I think mm-hmm. so. I'm a graduate of Barbie's on School of Modeling. When I finished nursing school, the next thing I did, I went to modeling school. And I used to model on Fifth Avenue. And the one thing I learned in modeling school is that you are seen before you are heard. You are seen before you are heard. So always make sure that you look good all the time. Period. So that's number one. That's the exterior of health. Because if you look good, you're going to feel good. If you love who you are, you're going to take care of the body that God gave to you. Very important. So people want to know, why do I look so good? Why I'm always so happy? Happiness is free. It costs you nothing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No matter how bad things are, what I teach women is that there's so much crap around us. There's so much nastiness, so many bad things, so many false information, so many killings and so many negative that if you concentrate only on the negative, that's going to pull you down. Always remember, in every negative, there is a hair of positivity. It is up to you to find that hair of positivity capitalize on it, and make it bigger, period. So luck, we wake up in the morning, I'm so happy. When I get up in the morning, I said, this is a day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. I say that every morning, period, every morning. This is my prayer every morning. This is a day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. But I have to add something. I know for a fact that you get up early in the morning and exercise. Talk about that to us because, you know, (laughs) you do maintain that body, that figure that you have, you do maintain it. (laughs) Well, I do something almost every day. I do something different. Today I swim because I didn't play tennis. I play tennis Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I play tennis from 7.30 in the morning to 8.30 in the morning. So that's my tennis time. On the days that I don't play tennis, I walk. And when I walk, I put my music on and I dance just as though there's nobody on the street. (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. I don't see people. I don't even see them. I put my sunglasses on. I put my headpiece on. And I am am jamming the whole time I'm walking. That's (laughs) terrific. Oh, I swim. I look for something to do just to keep me going. 
That's wonderful. One thing that you mentioned working in a long-term care facility as I am dealing with elderly parents at this time, and as you've worked with that community, that population for a while, are there some lessons that you can share with individuals who are dealing with aging parents? Because as you know, in the Haitian community, it's not our thing to put elderly parents in a facility, but sometimes it's a necessary evil, right? Mm -hmm. But just if you have any guidelines or tips for dealing with the elderly or the whole nursing care situations, lessons that people can learn from what you've learned in working with that population. Well, as an ex-long-term care provider, you say dealing with long-term care as a necessary evil. Well, I want you to know, let me correct you, because I'm very sensitive when it comes to long-term care, that a nursing home is a place where people go to live until they die. It is not a place where people go to die. It's a place where people go to live until they die. So quality is very important to me to make sure that we provide quality care to seniors when they are in an assisted living or a group home or a nursing home, and most importantly, in the private home. Because there are people in a private home with mom, but mom is not receiving quality care. Mom would have been better off in a nursing home than mom being at home in someone's home that is not really taking good care of mom. So caring for a senior is far more difficult than caring for a baby. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Yes. Yes. Very much more difficult. Mm -hmm. You can pick up a baby and take the baby to the neighbor and say, hold the baby for me. I'll be right back. I'm going to the market. I'll be right back. You can't pick up mom from the bed and take mom to the neighbor. So having a senior in the home It's very difficult, and I'm living through it right now. I have a sister who's 80 years old who had a stroke, so I left my home, bought a new house, and I move in with her just so that she's not alone. But you know what that does? That is hampering my traveling, and I love to travel. (laughs) I'm telling you, caring for a senior is very hard. It's not easy. So now what I did, I moved a nephew, his wife, and their 10-year-old daughter in the house. My nephew worked days. His wife works evening. The daughter get home in between the two of them from school. So I can fly wherever the hell I want to (laughs) go. As being smart. That's smart. And it does go back to the quality because sometimes yes. I just think perhaps I have a negative vision of the long-term health care facility. And I think, you know, the quality of the care may not be as up to par, but you are absolutely right in, in rectifying that. You know, the quality is extremely important and the care you provided at your facility is definitely up to par. Mm-hmm. Right. I will tell you that The last facility that I ended up owning a facility, not only I worked for people, I ended up for five years, I was the owner of one. And we were five-star, 
five years in a row. And then for six years, we were on the U.S. News and World Report as one of the top quality nursing homes in the district. Now, one advice that I would give your listeners, that's very important. If you have a senior in a nursing home, I advise you to do two things. One, I advise you to visit. Yes. Mm-hmm. I heard yes. You visit so that they know mom has family members that are coming in and out of the nursing home. The second thing is you want to be nice to the staff <laughs> because you want them to be nice to your mother. Yes, yes. A lot of people don't understand the reciprocity which exists. The staff has children. It's very hard work. And then you come to the nursing home, you disrespecting them. You don't want to do that. Nursing home have a bad reputation, but the family members have worse reputation than the employees. I wrote an article. The title of my article was Staff Abuse in Nursing Homes, because everybody was writing about nursing home abuse, thinking that the staff is abusing the residents. Well, it's the other way around. Well, there are instances where the staff have abused the residents. Mm-hmm. It's not maybe as rampant as we think, but there have been instances documented that it has happened. Let me tell you, I just read a book and I would advise you to read it. It has nothing to do with nursing home. You know what it's all about? It says the title of the book says, It's Okay to Say No. It was a young woman who was abused by the housekeeper a female housekeeper, a female teenager, and she was abused sexually by the housekeeper. And the housekeeper right now is in jail for 25 years. It's a true story. I know the people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When you talk about abuse, it's not only in nursing homes. Of course, of course. So the key is to be present. Yes. The key is to be present in the life of the person. Mom was not quite there. Dad was not quite there. The housekeeper was running the house and took advantage of the girl. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the girl wrote the book. So abuse is something that happened all the time. It happened. My employees are abused by their husband in the home, in their home. And they come in to care for someone after they were abused the night before by their husband or by their boyfriend. So abuse, don't get me talking about abuse because that's something that that I can write a book on it myself. So my article was staff abuse in nursing home. And I'll tell you, it happened because one of my nursing assistants was lifting a senior from a wheelchair and the senior took a bite of her breast. A bite of her breast. And I sent two people to the hospital. Because in order for her to have the senior release her breast, she had to butt her. So she butt the senior with her head. Wow. So I can write stories about things that happen, but it happened both ways. They're abused by not only by the family members, they're also abused by the residents. Because the seniors sometimes don't even know what they are doing. I had a senior who took a tray of breakfast with the coffee, the eggs, and everything, and throw it in the chest of this nursing aide who went with the tray to put it in front of her. And the staff called me, you got to come up, you got to come up. So I ran to the unit, 
only to see the mess that happened. The employer was crying. So I brought her down to my office, get some clothes, change her, take her uniform to wash. We went through a whole lot. I did that job for 42 years. I worked in long-term care. Not one, not four, 42 years of my life I put in long-term care. I love what I did. I love what I did. I walked into a nursing home. I told my husband, eh, I'll do it for three months until I find what I'm looking for. <laughs> 40 years later. Wow. <laughs> so you do have a lot to teach from what I can hear. And as we know, you've written a book recently, Girls Can Move Mountains. And you talked about the lessons that we're teaching to the girls, to the women. Can you give us just a few of those lessons that you're teaching in that book? Well, we talked about being a lock is one. The other one is to be kind. Kindness is so important. And the people you're kind to are not there to be kind back to you. Always remember, every word has two sides, okay? On one side, God put people to help you. Because along the way, you have been helped by others. None of us get to where we are because we did it on our own, okay? So on one side of the road, there are people to help you. On the other side of the road, there are people for you to help. Always remember that. There are two sides. One side for people to help you. The other side for you to help other people. And they don't have to cross. So too often, We expect people that we do for to come back and we expect that. But you know what we get in return? Disappointment. Yes. That's true. That is true. And I learned early in life, whenever I give, I don't expect anything because I have been disappointed. You are absolutely right. Yes. But I've learned that that person you do for, someone else will do for you. That's you right. know. So That's it comes right. back it full does circle, come back. the yes. kindness. But yes. it doesn't necessarily come back from the person No, it will not to. come back. It mm-hmm. will probably not come probably back from not that come person. Back. I'm not yes. going to say not because there's a chance. It probably could, not. But, probably but it not. does come because the goodness and the kindness, it does come back. Mm-hmm. So kindness is one. The other one that I teach is focus. Very often we vacillate and we run like a turt, like a deer, boom, 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 and then we get hit by a car. That's when I compare a turtle with a deer. I'm a turtle. I'm not a deer. I'm not going to bum, 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 bounce all over the place and you get hit by a car and you never get to your destination. <laughs> a turtle goes slowly, but surely the turtle will get to destination. When a turtle feel danger, the turtle get inside the shell. The neck is in, the legs are in, and you pass by. You think it's a stone. You don't even realize there's a turtle there. And then once danger pass, the turtle will stick its neck out and keep on going. Compared to a deer, a deer see the light of the car coming. What does the deer do? Bam! <laughs> Silly deer. <laughs> So I listened to this story. I spoke at a conference and I gave that same example of a deer and a turtle. And after the conference, a woman came to me. She said, I was crying at the table the whole time you were talking. And I said, why, honey? She said, because I've been a deer all my life. (laughs) She said, I have been a deer all my life. I promise you, 
I am going to change. I realized that I have to become a turtle. I promise you I'm going to change. That was incredible. Wow, life-changing. Life-changing yes, moment. Is, it is. Wow. But talking about the turtle brings us to one thing that we wanted to talk to you about. All the jewelry, the brooches, the necklace. You have so many beautiful turtles. So definitely the turtle has a lot of meaning for you. Well, the story is that I did not know anything about turtle. I met my husband. It was when I met him. He took me to Barbados to meet his mom. And then, of course, you know, guys, he took me snorkeling with the turtles in Barbados. (laughs) And the water is crystal clear in Barbados. And the turtles were huge. And the back of the turtle was, I mean, when I tell you beautiful colors, I had a grand time. And on the way back to his mom's house, Right where we were, there was a gift shop. I went in the gift shop, and on a shelf, there was a book. On the cover was a beautiful turtle, almost similar to the turtle I just saw in the water. So I went, got the book, and I opened the book. And in the center, on one side, when you open the center of the book, was a turtle on one side and a turtle on the other side. Well, there was a turtle in the shell. And there was a turtle with its neck out, his legs. You can tell that turtle was ready to go. And the caption was, in order for a turtle to move forward, the turtle must stick its neck out. Mm. And I went, oh my God, is this what I have been doing all my life, sticking my neck out? I bought the little book. And then that's the beginning of my love with turtle. And I read everything about the turtle. And the more I read about the turtle, the more I realized I'm a turtle. So I call myself a turtle. (laughs) Oh, I love it. The juries are beautiful. You find some really unusual turtles. (laughs) Kudos. (laughs) I had a turtle garden at my house. I remember one day my husband said, not one more turtle in this house. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. The hair, they remind me of the story, the hair and the turtle. Slowly, but surely. Surely the turtle will arise. And another thing also about the turtle is the fact that the turtle carries its home. Yes, on its back, right? You're always at home, right? Wherever you are, that's right. You're always at home. So I think that's beautiful. And I never really looked into the turtle until you talked about it. (laughs) You know what a woman told me? that the screen on her computer is a turtle. (laughs) (laughs) And we saw on your IG that you attended the Cannes Film Festival. Is there news you want to share with us? Can we have the scoop? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'll tell you the story because I don't know what's going to come out of it. But again, being a hair of positivity, there could be something positive out of the experience. But I had such a good time. I really had a good time. So whatever happened, happens. But a good time I did have. I have this friend in Washington and Eric called me and Eric said, I have a couple in town and I would like for them to meet you. I said, okay, why? He said, with your book, I think you want to meet them. I said, okay. So the young couple came to my house. It was the first time he met them. 
he had helped the men, the husband, a lot. But all over the fort, they never met. They were coming to Washington, and he wanted to see him. They met, and he brought them to my house. He loves my unit. I have a nice unit in Maryland, a condominium, and he loved my unit. So he, he likes to bring people to visit me. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to impress. <laughs> so I said, okay, you can bring them. So the couple came. They had a two-year-old, a little girl, and I'm on the floor playing with the child. I went into my grandkids' toy chest. I bought all the toys out, and we had a ball. We ate, and they left. We took pictures. I gave her, the wife, a copy of my book. I had no idea who the woman was Mm. until recently. So a few weeks ago, Eric called me and Eric said, Rachel wants to talk to you. She gave me three times, which one is best for you? I said, eh, I'll take Tuesday, one o'clock. And the lady called me and she said, I want to invite you to come to the film festival at Cannes. Wow, you got an invitation. Awesome. In Nice, France. And I have an offer for you. I think you should present your book to some producers because I think your book should be a film. That's great. So I ended up going to France. She had arranged a dinner, a special dinner. There were about five producers there, a fashion designer, a finance person that helped to finance films. I mean, when I tell you I was in big company, I was in big company. We had dinner. And one guy just got up from the table. And by the time we were finished, he come back to show me how much of the book he already read. And he said, I'm very impressed. I am going to finish the book. Then the next day, another producer, he's Italian-American. He said to me, I finished the book. I said, you what? He said, yeah, I finished the book. (laughs) It was amazing. Everybody wanted to take pictures with me. When I got there, The woman, Rachel, had posters of the cover of my book, big posters. They had big screens, big screens with the book picture in English and the book pictures. I have the book in French, English, and Creole. Three books. So the book is translated in three languages. It's audible as well. And I partied a lot. (laughs) I walked the red carpet. You should have seen me on the red carpet. I had a grand time. And then I stayed in France. I went to Bourges and I went to a village called Saint Solange Village. Because believe it or not, there is a saint called Saint Solange that I just discovered when I was 69 years old. Never knew she existed. And I went to her village. She has her own chapel. So there's St. Solange Chapel, St. Solange Village, and St. Solange Church. And you actually have a book. And I wrote a book about her. I did. I went when I was 69. I discovered her. I spent a month in her village. I came back and I wrote a book. That's great. So I left Nice. I went to Bourges. And then I have a cousin in Paris. I drove to Paris, spent three days in Paris before I came back home. 
can you take me on your next journey? I think <laughs> I think we would have a blast on the road. We're going to do on-the-road <laughs> bubbles of wisdom with Solange. Solange, that's right. We'll go to Champagne, Champagne friends. friends. Champagne friends, yes. <laughs> Champagne. <laughs> this is so amazing to hear your story. <laughs> you know, definitely the beginnings are not smooth. Just as you said, just as the mountains, they're not smooth. But it sounds like right now, you had a very good place. And I know that you recently celebrated your 75th birthday. And I do want us to mention that because I love how you embrace life. Tell people a little bit about it. I must say that I was very honored to be invited to this party. It was an amazing party. I feel that you truly know how to enjoy, take on everything, take on life. You've worked hard, but now you're at a time where you're celebrating your life. Well, you know, I have always celebrated life. I believe that I worked very hard, but I played harder. Hard, yes. I didn't play hard. I played harder. Even at work, my business, we always had a party. Every time you turn around, it was one of the residents' party, an employee party, a Christmas party. (laughs) I mean, you can name it. We find a reason to have a party at that nursing home. We have DJs coming. I have a band coming. There was a wedding. We married two residents in the nursing home. They met in the nursing home and they got married That's in the nursing beautiful. home. Oh, what a nice love story. Oh. I separated them in the nursing home too because he used to beat her up with his cane. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Back to your point of the abuse, right? <laughs> he would hide a pack of book and she can't find it because she, she started to get confused. She can't find a pack of book and he used to hide <laughs> Oh, no. Listen, I can write a book just on stories in the nursing home. <laughs> Life is meant to enjoy because, you know, there is a beginning. We did not know when we were coming. We don't know when we're leaving this world. The only thing we have is the dash in between. So that's the only thing that we have, and we need to take advantage of it. There will always be things to make us sad. There will always be things to make us upset. There are moments that are spoiled. For example, in my book, I have a chapter called Sweet and Sour because my life is always sweet and sour. It's never 100% sweet and it's never 100% sour. And unfortunately for me, whenever I am in a moment that is very high, a very good moment, something sour will happen. And it's up to me to know how to deal with that. And a quick example before we stop is COVID. My book came out Valentine's Day, um, February 14, 2020. My mother's birthday. Really? (laughs) February 14. I was supposed to be on Channel 7. I was supposed to be on Channel 4. I was supposed to speak at Maryland University. I was supposed to go to Haiti. I was so booked and I was on a trajectory with the book. And COVID showed its ugly face and the red carpet was pulled and I fell flat on my face. Oh, yes. But I didn't let that take over. I did a lot of podcasts. I did a lot of Zoom. I spoke at conferences. I spoke at Maryland University via Zoom. I spoke at Broward College via Zoom. I did the District of Columbia Healthcare Association Convention. I did it Zoom and I kept going. 
But just imagine if there was no COVID, where my book would have been. And even if COVID, there could be a movie come out of it. There you go. Cheers <laughs> to that. Cheers to, to that. that. And speaking of, we have to ask you our question. So what is your favorite bubbly and do you have a story? Um, I'm not a drinker. So let me start by saying that. But every day, every day, I eat with a glass of red wine. Okay. Mm. Every day. Because it's very good for you. You know, I try to do what's good for you. I don't overdo it, but I love a good glass of red wine with my meals. And a bottle of red wine will last me, yeah, two days, three days. <laughs> I do a glass and a half sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Like you <laughs> said you work hard and you play harder. Nothing wrong with that. It depends on how long it takes me to eat the meal. If it's a meal that I eat quickly, eh, but if it's a meal that takes a long time, I, I sometimes I pour a little bit more in my glass. Exactly. <laughs> Good red wine with my meal is my addiction. But I don't drink in between. Or if I go out, I'll have a, a glass of Prosecco and I'm done. Which is your favorite Prosecco? A Solo, it's called. Oh, we'll have to add solo. that to our list. It's A-S-O-L-O. And it is an Italian Prosecco. And you find it at Casco, ladies. Oh. It is delicious. Oh, we're going to add it to our list. We're definitely going to try that. Well, on that note, Solange, thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. We look forward to traveling with you. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so much for sharing the wisdom of the turtle and the way that you, you've embraced the turtle. I really love that. Yes. And I think I'm definitely going to make sure I keep that in mind, you know? And I think one thing that can be said about you, the routine, mm -hmm. is your attitude towards life. That's what you've kept throughout your life. Yes. It's this attitude, this positive attitude. So cheers to you. Cheers to you, Solange. Thank cheers you. Cheers to positivity. Yes. yes. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. Oh, wow. Look at this bottle. It's absolutely amazing. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. I don't know. There's something about the fact that it's all black. It it's looks super luxurious. Super luxurious. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start our tasting. Yes. People must be wondering, what are they talking about? Well, well we're talking about the San Giuseppe Prosecco. Superior Brut. We, we, we. So we are back to Italy with a Prosecco. We do like Prosecco. I right? love Prosecco. You know, <laughs> I've been saying that from the get-go. Like, that's been like my drink of choice. Yes. The Prosecco, the Cava, those are my go-tos. I, I love that. I love that. And, you know, price point, it's a good price point Very for this good. one. About $20? $20. Yeah, yeah that's about a, 20 That's mm -hmm. affordable. Totally affordable. Totally affordable. But hey, let's talk a little bit more about it. It is actually grown on the hills of Conigliano and Valdo Biadene. That's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> so, San Giuseppe's Prosecco goes through a natural fermentation process at a controlled temperature. Okay. This ensures that the sparkling wine that is clean, balanced, and tasty 
so well put together. Actually, that's exactly what I feel as I'm it's, drinking it. I think so too. Yeah. Mm. And look at the color. It's almost like it's very mm, yellowish. Yellowish. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very yellowish. It's almost like a lemony type yes. of color. Yes. It's very lemony. Mm-hmm. Absolutely delicious. And that's exactly what I thought when I tasted mm-hmm. it the first time. Oh mm. my God, this is so good. It is. It is. And it's, I feel enough alcohol because I yes. think when the canned one, we talked, I talked about that. Mm-hmm. It was so light it was. that I didn't mm-hmm. really feel the alcohol as much. But this yes, definitely. Yes. That's in episode five. We tried to catch the canned sparkling, sparkling wine, wine. Mm-hmm. which was very good. I enjoyed it. It was light, easy, perfect for the perfect. beach, backyard and everything. But if you want to sit at home, have a good meal, I would not go for the can. Yeah, I wouldn't no, either. But no. this, this Giuseppe Prosecco oh. is definitely a Giuseppe knows what he's doing. <laughs> And the grapes are called glera. I don't think I've ever heard of a glera grape never, before. That's, that's never. new. That that's is new. new for me as well. But oh, definitely delicious. delicious. Thumbs up. Oh, definitely. A Double thumb, thumbs up. Double <laughs> thumbs up. This is a good Prosecco. We love it. We love it. Cheers, Cheers. to that. Thank you for listening to Bubbles of Wisdom podcast. If you like this episode, please share it with your BFFs. You can find all our information and join our mailing list at bubblesofwisdom.com. You want to keep this conversation going? Follow us on social media, Instagram at Bubbles of Wisdom, Facebook, Bubbles of Wisdom, and of course, Twitter at Bubbles underscore Wisdom.